Welcome to the Contractor Success Forum. Today we are discussing how to grow B2B, business-to-business contractor sales using referral in what we call the vendor well. So today we're going to discover what in the world is the vendor well. And here it is on the Contractor Success Forum. We discuss how to run a more profitable, successful construction business. And who is here to all help us share how to make a construction business successful? It's Wade Carpenter, Carpenter and Company CPAs. And we have in the other corner, Stephen Brown with McDaniel Whitley Bonding and Insurance Agency. And me, Rob Williams, author of The Pumpkin Plan for Contractors in the Works and Iron Gate Entrepreneurial Support Systems. So today, guys, we're talking about getting referrals in the construction business. And B2B, man, that's a tough thing to do, isn't it? It is. You're only as good as your referrals, right? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. And get this steady business. One of the things is people don't like to give referrals, especially if you're working for somebody. I mean, when I was a contractor, I was not going to refer my subs because I didn't want them to go somewhere else. I was too busy trying to get them to show up to my jobs already. I think that's a valid point. And too many contractors are out there just completely going by the bid process. And sometimes you are at the mercy of, you know, low bidder and all that stuff. But when you can get in with that right owner or whoever you're working with, you can usually make a lot more money and they know your work and they'll give you steady work. And so I think this is a great topic. Yeah. I tell you, staying on that subject way, why would somebody want to go from referrals? I have one situation I had recently with a contractor. We were looking at his expenses and God, he had a lot of overhead and stuff. And he had a lot of people in there and it's like, what's going on with this? He said, yeah, we're bidding all these jobs. I said, well, how, what's your closing rate? Oh, he said, man, sometimes we're up to 5%. Somewhere at times we're 2% of our jobs that we get. I'm like, oh my God, most of his overhead was bidding jobs over and over. He's in those plan rooms and stuff bidding. And his all his profit was going to the bids. He was very marginally profitable. So and, what did you tell him to do? Well, we talked about the vendor well, but we actually talked about finding his niche and getting good. He was actually really good at some things, but they bid everything. And this could be a little bit off the subject, so we won't go there long. But if you stay in your niche where you're really good, then you're going to get more of the right jobs, but you're also going to win a larger percent of them. One of the situations he had really good carpenters, he had really expensive carpenters in the average jobs he wasn't winning you know so he hadn't figured out which jobs to bid and which ones to not they were bidding everything and he was not cost competitive at everything which is the other thing talking about getting a referral are you guys going to refer somebody that's not going to make you look good are you going to tell one of your clients to go use somebody if he's not good or if you're not sure that he's going to do a great job wait in accounting I tell you what, if I don't know somebody's an excellent CPA, Wade clearly stands out in accounting because he's established his niche with contractors and he can really do an excellent job as a construction accountant. He doesn't go after everything. So people are excited. If I see somebody, I'm going to want to tell Wade about it because I know my client's going to be better off. He's going to be able to pay me more often. And it's going to make me look good for referring him to Wade. I think that's the 
key. And I did want to start with that because if you don't have that down, don't waste your time going down the referral road in the business. If you don't have people that think you're the best, go work on that for a while. Don't go here yet. Right. Well, thank so. you for that shameless plug there, Rob. But yeah, <laughs> hey, but you were a good example. In construction, I have seen contractors and especially the trades like electrical or plumbing or some of the other trades where they could go bid everything under the sun and they're doing different things and they never really get good at that. But then I've seen other contractors that they get in with a particular retail shop or some chain. And they learn their system and they do good work for them and they will have them keep coming back time after time. And the contractor, maybe they can do it a little cheaper or whatever, but they get good and they know exactly what they've got to do to get the job done because they can become the cookie cutter type thing. Yeah. So I think it's right. a great subject. That's a great example. And that's great. I wanted to start with a couple of stories too, because I think we've been having some feedback. We want more stories. So stories in there for me, it was similar to that, but it doesn't even have to be sticking with that one vendor or that one owner or whatever, maybe it's a contractor. You can work together with people. In my example was when we were building wall panels and trusses, if, if the slab was messed up, our product wouldn't work. So we were definitely looking for people that would pour the slab correctly. People didn't know they weren't pouring the slab correctly. So we started working with those guys. We got with the end contractor, said, let's meet with your slab guys. So we got with them. We found out why the slabs were not being poured right. And it was basically, well, first they didn't know they weren't pouring them right. Nobody was telling them. So that was the thing. But then they didn't have the tools they needed to do it. So we got with them, we met with them. We drew the blueprints for them. We would draw the slab plans and the layouts and give them those dimensions that they needed. And we'd even give them the diagonals so they'd know it was square. And we got with the plumbers too. So it was the plumbers, the slab guys and us, and we figured out who it was. But some of the guys did not want to listen and do that. They just wanted the old way. They just don't want change. So. When we got that, do you think we referred those slab guys? And do you think we referred those framers? We made sure those guys were on every job in this area. And we didn't want to sell a job unless we had one of those framers or one of those subs. So we were actually the vendor well there. And, but I think they actually referred us some. I think we as the supplier referred them all the time. And now you may know what the vendor well is. Do y'all know what well, the vendor well is? I mean, all right. My take is the vendor well, or if you're a general contractor, if you sub out work as a subcontractor, you're subcontractors. And then your folks who provide you equipment, material, supplies. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, it can be anybody. You ask some questions. At the end of this, hang on. And at the end of this, we're going to give y'all some of the questions at the end of how you do this and how you go and ask your contractor or your owner, if you're the GC, it might be owners or it might be, you know, I don't know who the person above you is, but we'll talk about that because you need to find out from them who their key people are that they depend on and that we can relate to that we might be working together in some way. You don't have to be working together. Like the other second story I had was a friend on the West coast that 
got with the suppliers that he's dealing with. So he started talking to, well, he asked his guy, they were more of the manufacturing side of it, who was giving him his materials. So he got with the people that were supplying the materials and they said, oh, you know what? We've really noticed on the last two years, this guy's buying all kinds of stuff and he's paying his bills and he's doing this stuff. So something's going great about his business. So they got together and then they worked everything out exactly how you could do it. It wasn't as much about systems like the slab thing was, but it was just about a common relationship. Those suppliers said, hey, do you think you have time to work with this? So immediately he got full for a year. And then he got to the point, he had three or four years worth of stuff referrals. He didn't have to go out and sell anything. He was completely booked up. And that's the way your business should run is you should not do every sale you could do. You should do as many sales as you can, and you should be able to sell more. But using this vendor well, like he did, you can really lower that cost of your sale. Your profitability goes up too, because what we talked about earlier, you don't have to waste as much time bidding or those kind of things. So you're going to get those jobs. You're going to have a waiting list, but he is good. He's the best at what he does in his niche. So sure. I've got a, a HVAC contractor that is uh, really good at what they do and the material suppliers that spec out this HVAC requirements to the AE firms love them because they know it's going to be installed right. He has that reputation. And also he pays promptly. I think that's important. Well, I think about this too, I guess from the standpoint of Mike McCallis talks about this concept too, where how he grew his business and essentially it was basically a desk manufacturer for these stock traders. He was in the IT business. And I think the vendor came to the conclusion that, hey, these people are doing it right. They're causing less problems. And Mike, in his IT business, he was having less issues because they were making sure that these computer systems got installed in these desks right. Yeah, because there were two holes in there. There are two channels to put there. And Mike was yanking the electrical cables out of the one tube and putting his stuff in or his people were, and they were doing the same thing. And they didn't know that one was designed for electrical and one was designed for computer cables. And once they figured that out, he was the only one that knew that. And so he got referred to all the other top wall street traders and stuff. I just think about that from, you know, I have known some trades that know how to install certain specialized products for, electrical, plumbing, some of those things. And I've seen that happen too. And they do actually get some referrals to sub out jobs that they get a call from the vendor because of that, because they know how to do it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, that's great. It's the other thing that we're talking about. We're talking about business to business here. What if you are not business to business? Because I know we have a lot of listeners here that are not because they, they call us. So they might have, they might call on residential. Does it work there too? Well, it does. And your referrals, you explain, have explain what you mean by business to business. Right? Oh, okay. If you're a contractor, it doesn't necessarily mean residential versus commercial, but a lot of the contractors out here either work for other contractors as a subcontractor, or they work for businesses that are not homeowners and this business might have regular repeat business. So it, I guess business to business doesn't have to be repeat, but that's what we're thinking about in this example. But there are also people that are business to consumer, B to C. So business to consumer would be when you're going to somebody's house to pour concrete. So that's a shout out to my friend yesterday, my meeting. And so he pours flatware 
for people, but he's mainly not working for other contractors. He's more business to consumer because he is pouring for a homeowner that needs that. But the problem is you only get one pour and then you got to go find another. There's not repeat business. And maybe you get some referrals off of that and that might be a good business model. But if you could find out somebody that is in common with all those homeowners, maybe it's a landscape company. That was one thing we were talking about. That may be your vendor. Well, the landscape company may be able to refer you to a whole lot of homeowners. So you'd really want to spend your time with say that landscaper, or maybe it's in somebody that sells something into the home or a realtor or just something like that. So you have to be creative with where that would come. So the vendor okay. well can work for residential also. Okay. So you got to target who the best vendors are that can send business your way. And then you got to create a well of them. I mean, yeah, you know, what we've actually seen is you only need a couple of them to fill you up. Sometimes that first example we were given about with Mark, that friend of ours, he has three and he can't, there's one that gives him more than business than he can do, but you probably don't want all your eggs in one basket, but yeah. Well, two comments on that. Number one, you know, exactly what you said, one or two people. When I first went out on my own, before I knew Steven, I had one bond agent here in Atlanta that sent me clients. It's like, if you want a bond, you go see Wade. And that was my vendor well. But to your point about the B2C stuff, the consumer, I would think the residential side is even geared towards doing this type of referrals. I've got one in particular that a contractor that installs high-end appliances for various manufacturers here in Georgia and South Carolina. And they just line them up. They sell the product and they line up the installation and they don't have to do anything. Yeah. I just got a guy that did some roofing on my house from Thumbtack who turned out to be fantastic. Gave him a great review and Thumbtack charges him $35 a lead for people that come looking for someone to do that type of work. And he had a bunch of great reviews and it was an easy platform for doing business, yeah. but he'll get a lot more business in and around Memphis for me and other insurance agents. Yeah. You know where I used to find my framers when I was looking for framers was the nail supplier. Every framer in town would go in that nail gun and the, in the nail supplier gun. When I needed it, I wasn't asking other people because I learned after it took me 20 years to figure this out, that the other builders are only going to send me their worst framers if I ask them. So the, yeah. Hey, that's the, smart. So did you yeah. hang out in the nail department going, Hey, I man, did all fast. Nice oh, yeah. I mean, they, they had really cool little gadgets too. I buy these laser levels over there just to play with. And, but they had all that. So I'd go down to this all fast nail supplier and you, if you just stand there for 10 minutes, you get them, but you still don't know who the good ones are. You want the owners and stuff to tell you which ones, because those are the ones that are paying their bills. And so they would probably be a good one. So this is a reverse vendor well, but it would be good for the framers should network with the nail supplier. Well, the nail supplier would go with the framer who uses the most nails and that yeah. might be a crappy nailer. Maybe he's just missing. <laughs> I'll pick them all no, up. I know I got your point. I think that's great. You got to use your imagination and be smart about how to build your vendor well. I mentioned earlier about paying your vendors outrageously fast. If you got a great vendor that's supplying you great leads, what do you think about that way? 
Well, I see it all the time. The general contractors, they love their subs because the subs are what makes them. And so they do make sure they get paid promptly. Yeah. I had one situation where a general contractor was having a problem on a job and he had a paid as paid provision in his contract with, with the subs, but the owner was incredibly lousy and he wasn't getting paid remotely on time. So, you know, he just eased off paying those key subs that he had been grooming. And that was amazing how fast they turned on him just for doing that and how ungrateful they were. But nevertheless, that's a sad story. This is yeah. a great story about building up your vendors that are loyal and that refer business and help make you money, right? Yep. There you go. So, so let's go. People, they've hung out with us for this long. So here, let's tell them, how do you do this? Get a little bit more specific. And All we'll, right. We'll talk that as the people, or maybe they fast forward as they didn't have to hear us talking and everything. Yeah, so well, you know, I wouldn't blame them. Right. So. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So first you got to get, figure out, you, you asked a minute ago, who to deal with? How do you do this? Will you go to your client? Let's just say the example here is that you're working for a contractor because that's probably the most of the people are subs, but if you're the GC, it could be that you go to the owner or the architect or something like that. But you ask them, they say, who are the vendors, supplier? You don't use vendors. We should rename the vendor well for contractors because we don't use the word vendor usually. So who are your subcontractors? Who are your suppliers and who are your services? It may be an architect or something that you depend on most. And they're probably going to ask you, well, why do you want to know that? They usually don't want to share it. And you say, well, we found that we can do a lot better job for you as our client. If we work with the other people that are doing a good job for you, because we cannot do it alone. If you've got somebody that's in lean manufacturing, do you hear that? They're going to want you to do that. They're already going to be familiar because they would always get on us. You, we are only as good as our subs. And in lean manufacturing, you've got to figure out how to get everybody to work together all the way down to the suppliers. So if you initiate that and let them know that you are going, don't tell them you're going out for referrals. Tell them that you're going to the other key guys to do the best job that you can. We can only do a certain level of work by ourselves. Our job as a contractor is to work with the other contractors. So they should give you a list of those. And they may even want you to meet in there. And then when you get with these contractors, don't ask for the referral yet. Don't go in there and ask. This is not a networking meeting. This is a do a better job for your contractor. So it may not be real fast. It may take months to do this and you establish that relationship. And usually you don't even have to ask for the referral. They will ask you if you are doing the great job of being the best, if you have time to work for one of their other contractors in a bad situation, that's the best way to do it. That is how to do it. So ask them who are their key suppliers, subcontractors, services that they depend on most. And then you go do a good job with those guys. Say, what is it that this supplier could do better for you? Or what can I do better if I am working? in the same thing, like the slab guy and the framer or plumbers and heat and air guys, they're always on each other and electricians. If I could ever get those guys to agree, that would be huge. So you ask them some of the questions I had, what would make your job easier? This is now you asking the other 
subcontractor? What would make your job easier? What do you wish, we'll say it's Bob the builder, what you wish Bob better understood about the work you do for him? Then when would you like me to give you updates on what I'm doing with Bob the builder? So we, in other words, when do we get back together? And it might be when on the job sites, that's a huge thing. One of the best relationships is getting one sub to talk to the other, to let them know, yeah, we really did top this out. It's ready for you. I don't know how many superintendents are listening to this, but they'll say it's ready and they'll schedule you and it's not ready. So you can contact back and sometimes they forget to call you and then you don't show up and who gets in trouble? Not the superintendent, you get in trouble for not showing up and maybe they didn't call you. Then what frustrates you about companies like mine, blank companies like mine, let's say electricians like my company. So those are the questions that you can ask. Also another one after time, we've got, I would love to build on our working relationship with other clients. This is kind of proof for you word it how you want to, but just like we did on our first jobs, please let me know if you have any other contractors or owners who may benefit from our work. I wouldn't use those words exactly, but that's what. No, definitely. Say, not right? like that, but. but just ask them those things. Uh, and remember the benefit to the other contractors, we will make them look good. That's the big thing. When you're asking for other jobs or you're working with it, think about how you're going to make the other contractor look good because they used you. And then you're going to get more of them. If those people think the other contractor for referring you, they're going to give you more. Don't forget to thank them. Yep. And then again, how do we make your life and business better and easier for you? Because we're on those jobs. So there are your tools. So uh, hopefully this is good. Hopefully you stayed to the end to get those valuable tools and nuggets. So okay. you think that would good work point. for you guys and your clients, Stephen and Wade? Absolutely. No, everything we were talking about made me think about my clients. Yeah. And the different ones that were best at this or that. All of them are really good at something. Okay. So, Vendorwell, that's in the pumpkin plan. If you're reading the regular pumpkin plan, it's the last chapter because don't work on this until you've worked on everything else first. This is the golden nugget at the end of the rainbow here. But, whoa. Yo, so if you like, listen to the end, you really right get out, right? the top secret. Okay. Yeah. It's really, don't go there if you're not good yet, if they're not going to be good, because you're not going to get them if you don't make them look good, if you're not really good and perceived as being good, not just good in your own eyes. Mm -hmm. It's out there. So make sure you work on that part first, that you have something where you're excellent because you're not going to get referrals because 98% of the time we hear that referrals don't work. And that is why, because you're not making that person look good. When they give you a referral, it's not for you. It's because they think they're going to look good in the eyes of their clients and they're going to be helping their client, not you, you know, so make them look good and you'll get referrals. Don't make Huge. them look good you will be like 98% of the people that don't get referrals. Huge point. Great. Cold nugget, Rob. Thank All right. Cold nugget. You guys. Well, there we go from the Contractor Success Forum. Thank you for listening and give us some feedback. You hit us on YouTube if you're not on YouTube and what do you call it? Follow us, subscribe. That's the right word. So, and, or Stalk get on us. the podcast and follow that. What I don't know what you call that. Subscribe. I don't know. what Stalk. 
Yes, stalk us. <laughs> stalk us. <laughs> Podcast. All right. Thanks. We are Wade Carpenter, Carpenter and Company CPAs. Contact him if you need any help. Stephen Brown, McDaniel Whitley Bonding and Insurance Agency for the best bonds and program in the world. And Rob Williams, authoring The Pumpkin Plan for Contractors, coming to a bookstore near you in a while when I finish it. Iron Gate Entrepreneurial Support Systems, we are running our pilot programs. We can help you with this now, but that is us. Thank you for listening to the Contractor Success Forum. Have a good day.